Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Brace yourselves, winter is coming. What the writers of Games of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. It is time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0 Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce, reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with you close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The performance package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will help keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the Shed Travel Bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTER20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 
Unfilter20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNFILTERED20. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. And welcome back to Habs Unfiltered. I am your host, Blaine Putney. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Amen. This is episode 205. Never thought we were going to make it this far. <laughs> I, I, thought can, I thought for sure canceled it too. Well, I'm happy that uh, we've had this support that we've had over the last few years. And uh, we've uh, had the opportunities to, to meet some great people and to interview some fantastic people and make some new connections. And that's really what this is all about. It's, uh, yeah. it's not a competition between you know, who's the best and who's got the most followers and who's got the, the most, this, the most, that it's, it's all about the, uh, the game of hockey at the end of the day and, and growing uh, and growing the support and growing the network within, yeah. uh, within the, uh, the podcast community. Let's just call it that. And uh, the Canadians podcast community is a great one. Uh, we've been supported and helped out by so many of them. Uh, check out Habs tonight. They're, they're the new kids on the block, but they're, they're rocking up fast. Um, you know, locked on Canadians, uh, the, uh, eyes on the prize crowd. They've got, uh, they've, they've just restructured their, their podcasts, all great people, ha- rabbit halves. Uh, God, if I'm forgetting anyone, I am sorry. Uh, so many of you have done amazing things and we love to share all your work. Uh, we'd like to, you know, it, it's, it's a community and speaking, speaking of which, uh, Treg, Sends his best regards. He wishes he could have been on the show, but he just couldn't make it. Um, again, he's got his own things that he needs to get done. So we're going to support him and wish him all the best. But today's episode is our mailbag episode. As was promised last week, we were going to have a mailbag episode, and here it is. You sent us your questions and your comments. Um, again, for some of you, Please stop sending those pictures. Uh, you know who you are, Gibby. <laughs> Vinny, you can keep sending us those pictures. The boys over at, uh, uh, you know, they, they can do it. They can do it. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's see. The first question. Uh, trying to see. Hold on here. From Amanda, from Amanda Jensen, uh, her question, oh shit, her question for the mailbag is, could you explain what the procedure is if the backup goalie gets injured during play, and do you agree with these procedures? So Matt, I'm going to let you get, kick it off. You know, you know about this. Okay, so in a nutshell, your backup goalie goes down and your primary is not able to continue to play. Um, every arena or every team has what is a backup goaltender. Um, could be somebody that has a hockey background, could just be someone that drives a Zamboni, who we saw with that uh, with David Ayers. <laughs> and uh, this is a very, um, very rare situation that you're going to find yourself in. Um, we saw it most recently with the, uh, with the Leafs against the Hurricanes, and it really uh, put David Ayers on the map. Seeing that he actually picked up the win for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes against the Leafs 
and he played a full period and yeah. um, Carolina's defense really, um, really shot out the Leafs um, in that time. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, uh, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's all put in place. Um, I'm going to say that I, that I, I would, I'll agree with the way that they're doing it right now, just based on the fact that it's so rare that it happens. Um, the only other thing that you could think of is if you had a third goalie from the organization that was ready to go. However, that takes him out of the organization's depth to just sit there and be and, and, and to be a backup, a backup backup instead of playing meaningful hockey either in the ECHL or in the American Hockey League. And now do you do you provide cap space and a roster spot for a third that's goalie for each exactly team to travel? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I I I've, it doesn't happen often. I mean it happened in Chicago a couple yeah. of years ago as well. Yeah. Uh, there was an accountant out of Southern Ontario yeah. who yeah. you know so yeah, it, it does happen, but goalie McGoalie face sitting That's in right. the, uh, sitting in the stands, yeah. they've got someone on, on a, uh, an ATO anyway, yeah. he just sits yeah. in a room on his own dressed, ready to go. Yeah. And he can join either team based That's on right. the needs. Yeah. And it is, it is such a rare occurrence though, yeah. that when it does happen, especially in the rare occurrences that the player plays well, like the David Ayer situation where he actually yeah. picked up the victory. Um, it makes for some meaningful news. It does. And in David Ayers' case, he is now a fan favorite in Carolina. Yeah. His, his Jersey sales are through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> they, they bring they brought him down to games where he's uh, you know, he's kicked the game off for them with their, their little pregame ceremonies. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it's a great story. I mean, you can look back through history and see stories of Lester Patrick in the twenties and thirties coming out of retirement to play goal for his, uh, for the Rangers mm-hmm. winning games. I mean, he was what in his four, late forties, mid fifties or something. He came back, he was a team president or something, he strapped the pads on and it was a playoff game. So it's, it, this stuff gets into to hockey lore and hockey legend. Yeah. So I don't think changing the, the way the, the way it's done now yeah. would be helpful. There would have to be so many more, so many moving pieces yeah. to, to, to make that change for something that's such a rare occurrence. If maybe it's something that we see happen X amount of times a season, then maybe it's something we can look into. But right now, I'd keep it the way that it is. I agree. I hope that so, answers your question. Yeah, but thank you for the question, Amanda. We truly appreciate that. And thank you for listening. And, you know, tell all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next question, we got a couple from... Uh, half, half in the bag, Le Petit Viking. He's here in Halifax. So tip of the hat to him. Uh, the first question is why is development such a quote unquote, he has it or he doesn't unquote with the Habs. You want to start with this one? Well, I have been critical of the Canadians development program for a while. Uh, I'm, I'm, happy that they finally have an ECHL affiliate and a proper one with a, with more than a, you know, a one year signature. They've got three years with this affiliation. They're the only NHL affiliate. So that's a big plus as well. So they can actually control sending players up and down, giving them more ice time. 
So this is the first year they've done it in quite some time since they were with the Brampton Beast. I think it was in 2017. It's been a while, yeah. On top of that, their development program, I mean, you've only got two development coaches. You should at least triple that, maybe quadruple it. Uh, Are the programs structured individually or is it just, you know, cutting a cookie cutter for everybody that's that's where i start to wonder the plan now he has it or he doesn't yeah they they play their favorites too like you look at primo and mcniven and that's going to play into the next question that we get but they have a guy they drafted that they like and they're going to give him more opportunity than someone who might have better better numbers so do they, it, does McNiven have it or are they saying we're projecting this out and saying, well, this kid has it and he needs more developmental time. So it's kind of a double-edged sword in that case like that. And that's, that's where it starts to, at least in that case, you can say that they're trying to get the player they feel is more talented, more playing time. Whereas, you know, you've, having Lefebvre running their system for six years, getting maybe what, two or three NHLers out of that. Wasn't a lot. No, it was, <laughs> they were bereft. Yeah. What I do think we're going to see more of is more NHL talent coming up through the ranks because they made a ton more draft picks. So I think it's kind of one of those things where it's not so much. Does he have it or, you know, it's not so much he has it or he doesn't. It's more, they didn't have much to work with. And that kind of highlights the lack of a development program, like a a really in-depth development program. Because if you don't have a lot to work with, at least teams with a good development program would be able to polish up a couple of turds and turn them into fourth liners. In this case, they they, they just couldn't. What about you? So the first thing I want to bring up again is the ECHL affiliate, which was something that we talked about in depth quite a few times now and uh, saying that bringing that in would bring uh, a little bit more structure to the development situation where you don't have someone that's playing in the AHL that could possibly be playing in the ECHL, but you have to loan them out to another team where that team is more, looking forward to looking after their own prospects. And we saw that with McNiven bouncing around team to team. And even though that he was playing better than the ones within that organization, he wasn't getting the playing time. So you've got that situation. Then you've got with Lefebvre uh, and the ship job that he did over the, of the few years that he was there. Um, then you bring in a guy like uh, Bouchard, and Bouchard did some very, very good things, I believe, with his short time in Laval. And uh, right now you're looking at the players that they drafted over the last few years. And they made some safe picks, let's call them that. Um, they turned a few into other players, one being Sergachev. Um Victor Mete jumped into the NHL maybe a little bit earlier than what he should have based on the fact that they needed a player and he had a good preseason. So good for him for making it. Now he's with the Ottawa Senators who picked him up on waivers. Uh, Noah Juleson, another first round pick. 
injuries have plagued that young man. And now he's finally uh, healthy and uh, he's finding himself with the Canucks organization. Um, but you're looking at the Canadians right now and they've, they've, uh, they've struck gold with some, some late picks within the last few years, one being Primo. You've got Jake Evans, who they picked up in 2014. And uh, you're starting to see some of these players within the Canadians organization finally taking that next step. Uh, I know in our last show, we talked about Paling and how he looked a hell of a lot better than he did in the preseason. And then uh, Romanov, another Canadians draft pick in 2018, where I became a member of this podcast team. Uh, I vaguely uh, remember that morning. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, You've got Romanov. You've got Yelonen that was taken that same draft. Um, And then you look at the last couple drafts where you've got Cole Caulfield, who may not be playing his best hockey right now. He's in Laval, but we know that he's going to come. You've got Norlander, who is going to be making his NHL, which going to be making his NHL NHL debut. Fairbrother was also in that, who's playing pretty well in Laval. You got Jaden Struble as well out of that draft, and you you've got you've got people that are coming up. Yeah, so it's not just the ECHL and the AHL that are developmental. I mean, that's right. Leaving players in the my in junior or yes. NCAA longer. Yes. Leaving them in Europe. Yeah. Knowing, knowing that that would be the better bet for them long-term, even if they earn higher spots, that's where we're going to see the difference. Yeah. I'll bring up one guy and that's Jordan Harris, who to many is one of the best defensemen in NCAA hockey right now. So in my opinion, it's a priority to get that kid signed at the end of his season. That's you actually one of the questions, right? Yeah, okay. Do we feel that he's going to be signed? I think that they're going to do everything that they can because there is, there's a, there is definitely a spot and I don't want to see a situation that I'm not going to say that he's going to be as good as say Adam Fox, but I don't want to get to a situation where they lose him for nothing. True. Um, now with, him the talk right now and in the question it was do you feel that he is that harris will sign with the canadians or will he hold out to sign with his hometown boston bruins and everything that has been said to this point from the day he was drafted by him and by his coaches at uh, at northeastern has been <clears throat> he wants to finish his education and he wants to sign with the canadians yeah. they've been they've been very consistent with that excuse me they've been very consistent with that uh that message they may just be full crap you know and he maybe will hold out but the number of players that have held out to sign with other teams you you can count them on one hand yeah the vast majority signed with the team that drafted them and in in harris's case the canadians actually have a spot for him at the NHL level when yes. if he signs at the end of the season. Yeah. He'll be able to walk in, burn an entire year, and step right into an NHL roster. He can't do that in Boston. So he would be able to burn off a full year. It'd be a two-year ELC with one year already burned off. So why not sign with the Canadians? Get the playing time. They'll give him the opportunity. And then 
we'll see what happens the following season. Yeah. So my my expectation is that he signs with the Canadians. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, the next question, and we'll get to the Pacific King after, but the next one will come from Housebenders One, aka Habs Fan Eleven. Uh, should the Habs tank for this season or keep pushing for a playoff spot? I don't want to see them tank. I don't want to see yeah. them play to lose. If they play, they play hard and they do lose. That's one thing. I don't want to see a situation where you've got, um, where you've got fans cheering for this team to lose. Um, I was at yeah. the draft and you were at the draft with me in uh, 2016 where Sergachev was picked and it was in Buffalo and that season, that was the year that Austin Matthews went number one. And the Leafs fans were loving the fact that their team was losing for the opportunity to pick a player like that. And we've seen the impact that so far that he's had with the, uh, the Leafs organization. And uh, I don't want to see that. What, because- what Leaf fans tend to forget is during that draft lottery, the the balls fell where the Leafs ended up winning, but the Canadians were one ball away. They could have the Canadians could have ended up with that pick, so they would have wasted that year. So it is what it is. Um, he, he went there, but uh, I don't, to answer your question, I want to see them continue to compete. And if it is a group of AHL players, is every NHL player is out with injury, which is fucking the way that it's pretty much right now it is what it is i'd rather they compete and give me a little bit of meaningful hockey to watch and meaningful hockey for the organization than to just say let's call off this season we already started off too bad and uh let's uh let's be shite for right or whatever the hell you want <laughs> whatever the hashtag is going to be right um yeah i, I want to see them continue to play and i know that there's a lot of people that want to see them tank it's just uh, that's not a word that's in my vocabulary when I talk about this team. They're professional athletes. That's right. They're, none of them are playing to lose. And you got to keep in mind, too, these are guys that are also playing for jobs. They're not going yeah. to just tank. They're not going to ease up. They're going to do their best. So I, I know the players are going to provide. If, if they end up playing the way they have in the last week and a half, where they put in a really good effort, it's flawed. Don't get me wrong and they keep the games entertaining that's fine i can live with that this year and they can they'll probably end up near the bottom i mean i think we mentioned the last episode where um the canadians are are the point projections have them finishing 31st i fully expect that and with management i don't their way of tanking with this group anyway will be to let players take as much time as possible for recovery so I, I don't think it's going to cause, uh, cause a tank to happen. I, they're definitely not going to be competing for a playoff spot. So I, I don't know. I can't see a trade. I can't, unless they're, they're moving players out. And if they do, then they're going to let the, uh, the youngsters step up and play their role. So I think that covers that one. So we'll move on to the next question. And that is from Le Petit Viking. 
with so many goalies in the system for years, what makes everyone in even himself 100% on Primo to be the go-to once price moves on. If McNiven had been given the same opportunities instead of standing behind next man up at 24, he would have already played NHL games to see what he can bring. So I'm guessing he's talking about this whole he has it or he doesn't that he brought up an earlier question. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I do see favorites being played here. What about you? So Primo played so well when he was with Northeastern. He won the Mike Richter award and, uh, you know, son of an NHL or et cetera. Um, and that's not, you know, that's not a, an excuse or anything like that um, to play him more than anybody else. But it's true. They have, they have played some favoritism, especially with him. Um, but then at the same time, you had an organization that wanted to continue to win, even though they didn't maybe didn't have the best personnel to put up wins. And um, you look at someone like a Charlie Lindgren, who kind of just was all over the place throughout the organization with his time or the debacle that was a guy like Keith Kincaid who ended up going down to the AHL and he took some playing time away from these guys as well. Until they tossed him aside and said, Until, don't even report. Yeah. Right. So, and then he ended up going to Carolina's organization, uh, AHL affiliate before he went to the Rangers affiliate. Um, he's not the first goaltender that's went through this. Um, I'm not going to say that, uh, it happened to Fucali because in my opinion, it didn't. Well, I, thought he, Fu- I think he right? got the opportunities, right? I thought Fucali got the opportunity that, that he, he had the opportunities and I'm happy that uh, he played so well in his debut. Um, I don't really like all the flack that's going the Canadians way based off of what it is. This is a guy that in the AHL, he had his opportunities then he went to the ECHL, had his opportunities. He went to the World, you know, World Juniors, uh, uh, Spangler Cup, etc. His name's been out there. He's just he bounced around. And he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't take the bull by the horns. No, he was. He was very. Um, he'd have some great games, and then he'd have some low end games. He was very inconsistent. That's right. I mean, he was young. He's yes. just turned twenty six. That's right. I mean, he's for a goaltender. That's he's just starting to enter his prime. Like he's yeah. not even close to his prime yet. That's right. It's a uh, prime for goalies around 28. So with McNiven, I do feel that he's played better than some of these other goaltenders. Yeah. It's just for whatever reason, he's the easier goalie to move around. And unfortunately that's been the case because they haven't wanted to lose a guy that would be more or less an NHL call up. Yeah. And it kind of hurts me to say it because he was OHL goaltender of the year when they picked him. And he was kind of a surprise that when they picked him up, because he was an undrafted goaltender, but uh, he's done what he has done within the organization, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves on at the end of this season, if he's not given more playing time, but right now 
he's get being given that time because Primo's now been called up. They had to call Pula up from the ECHL. Um, so he's going to be given the playing time. And right now, some are going to argue that he just hasn't been given the opportunity at the NHL level. But he's at the same time, he's not ready to be an AHL starter either. We're about to find out. Right. So, and uh, yeah, so he's play, as we speak, he's playing. He's playing right yeah. now. So, yeah. Now, with him, in his case, the, uh, the pickup of Samuel Montambo on waivers from Florida, for me, was kind of the, and that's what I think kicked off his comments that he made earlier this season. Um, I don't see why McNiven wasn't just called up. I mean, yeah, I, I totally understand they have Primo higher on the depth chart, but Primo needed that, uh, that extra ice time, all the extra yeah. starts. So why not just send him to the AHL, let him get his starts and have McNiven sitting there as a backup to play once every four or five games. Yeah. I, I didn't see I, the issue with that. No, I didn't see a problem with that. And I was a little bit surprised they did pick up Montembeau. Yeah. Um, based on the fact that he hasn't played that much prior to the injury to Jake Allen, Jake Allen has played more than any goaltender in the league yeah. um, up to the, at least up to the point that he was injured. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm going to say I'm hopeful for is that with the next crop of goaltenders coming up through the system is we've got, uh, we've got a couple, I'll bring up two. Um, so Jacob Dobes, who's playing uh, for uh, Ohio State right now, is playing very, very well through nine games. He's seven and two with a 1.39 goals against and a 946 save and a shutout. Uh, big goaltender. He's six foot five, about 200 pounds. Um, hopefully we'll see some good things out of him. And then um, um, there's Joe Verbectic as well. Another in North big. Bay. In North Bay, another big goaltender, six foot six. He's a little slimmer. It's about one eighty five. So he's got to fill out. He's got to fill out that net. You know, <laughs> instead of just going up, he's got to go to the sides a little bit as well. Um, Beat him a couple of sandwiches. He's doing yeah, a lot better. So right now with the North Bay Battalion, he was just named goaltender of the week uh, in the OHL. Um, he's eight and two on the or eight two and one on the season. Uh, numbers a little bit higher with a two point eight two goals against and a. 901 save percentage, but uh, it's good to see him winning some games. And uh, if he can uh, learn to use his size to his advantage, I think he's going to be a decent goaltender um, at the professional level. Yeah. And don't forget Frederick Decau as well. That's right. He played with the Wolves. He's over in Europe now and he is playing, trying to find the team he's with right now. He's in hockey, well, the Swedish Hockey League. He's got 10 games played. He's got a 231 goals against average and a 924 save percentage. So the Canadians have some solid goaltending prospects that they've picked up in later rounds. <clears throat> so they're, they're going to look okay in a few years. Um, are, are they going to have a Carey Price, uh, Halak kind of meeting of the minds at the NHL level? No. No, they're not going to have that. But I think Carey Price is getting close to retirement now. Primo is starting to move up. McNiven could be an option if he stays, but doubtful. Um, yeah, They've got some decent young prospects coming. They're, they're probably going to be more added. <clears throat> so with McNiven, I, I still feel like 
his complaints are valid. And that kind of points to the earlier question on development. Like what, what more do players have to do to earn playing time and promotions? I mean, if it was a meritocracy, he should be near the front of the line. Yeah. Well, let's just say this since the, since he's joined the team. Okay. So when he played for Owen sound, the year he was, he was brought in, he was 41, nine and two pretty good. And I said, he won the, uh, he won the, uh, uh, OHL goaltender of the year. So from there, Brampton, 25 games in Laval, 30 games in Laval. And then that was 2017, 2018. Also in 2018, he played a game in Brampton, probably a conditioning game or something. From then, this is when I was saying that he jumped from team to team. So the 1920 season, he played for the Thunder and the Iceman, Laval and the Admirals all the same year. And even though his numbers were pretty damn good, especially with the Thunder, he was three and one with two shutouts and a 941 save percentage. He was still playing within somebody else's organization. So they weren't going to continue just to give him games just because he was the hot hand because they need to develop their own players. Now we have that within with Trois-Rivières and for his sake, these injuries have really played a little bit of a, uh, a key factor in giving him the boost that he's looking for as he's already played six games in a seventh tonight. And um, the only thing is right now is with the injuries that the Canadians have, even though he's getting more playing time, their top producing players on the blue line and in uh, on the forward side, are with the Canadians organization right now. Yeah. So they're not getting, he's not really getting the run support that he would get uh, with a healthy roster. So you, you can argue that that also helps his cause. Cause if he, sh- he has good showings with lesser players. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Could, it could, it could help him out. Um, yeah. If he, if he's with the Canadians next year or with, within the organization, I would welcome it. Yeah. But he's a guy that, if he's if he moves on, I know why he's moving on. He wants his chance, so right. give him the chance or let him go somewhere else to have his chance. That's, I think that's a fair thing to do for a player. And <clears throat> if you're a management team, allowing players the opportunities to advance themselves, if you don't have that in your system, letting them go somewhere else to do it. It, show, it shows well for you and other players might be more willing to come to this team if you're known for letting players try to move ahead. Yeah. Um, and the final question that we'll do tonight is, should Jeff Molson have his press conference to address this season to the fans? No. That's pretty straightforward. I agree. And that's been the show. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, the reason why is if you can't see why this team isn't doing well, you haven't been watching any fucking games this season. You look <laughs> up and down the lineup and you're like, who's, who's that guy? If you have to do that more than once or twice a game, you can tell the reason why 
this team is in the predicament that they are, and they've only got a handful of wins. Um, when you lose Shea Weber and you lose Kerry Price and you lose Joel Edmondson and you lose Hoffman and you lose, I can continuously name players and they're probably not playing. There's a baker's dozen, right? There is a lot and you're poaching from your AHL affiliate who already have guys missing out of their, out of their, uh, their, their team. And you're having to call up guys from trial Riviere. Um, if, you even if have you, AHL guys who were called up that got hurt and ha- you had to call up more yeah, AHL yeah. guys. Yeah. So like, the thing is, what does it like? What does it like? I know some people are saying, you know, they should hire a team president and they should hire this. And they should hire this. And what's it going to do? Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's right now they are going through a shitty route and it's only going to get shittier until these players come back from injury him getting in front of a microphone and saying what I just said, maybe in another language, um, isn't going to do anything. It might make a couple people happier, but at the same time, it's probably going to piss more people off than it's going to, it's going to probably do more harm than it does any good because they're going to say, okay, well, what are you going to do for us now? Now that you've had this press conference. Well, and that's the thing. Are you just going to go up there and go, yeah, we suck. Thanks for yeah. coming out. Any questions? No. like, And you know, all the questions that are going to, that are going to come that's to right. them, they're going to say, are you going to, are you looking for a new GM? Are you looking for a new coach? Are you worried about Carey Price's long-term health? <clears throat> are you worried about, you know, Anything. whatever? Insert, yeah. Insert, yeah. Foot In, here. Yeah. insert negative question here. It's basically, I, like, I don't understand why anyone wants the press conference because he's not going to answer any of the questions. He is, he's going to make comments about the process and the plan. And he's going to, he, you know, he's not going to write a letter declaring a rebuild. Um, he's just going to, he's going to back up whoever's in the position now. He'll say, nope, Bergeron is my guy. He's under contract until the end of the year. And then we'll see what happens from there. And, He's not going to answer anything. It'll just create more chaos and more noise for the fan base to become even more angry when they're already, they're demanding blood. So unless he actually has fired the GM, there's no point in going in front of anybody. You can call him a coward who only only tweets during good times all you want but he is not a dumb businessman. There is no business reason for him to step in front of a mic right now, unless he actually has an announcement. Like the last time he said anything or wrote anything to the fan base was when people got so angry about the Logan Mayu pick, he had no choice, but to release something. Yeah. Which is, he did that in a hurry. Okay. I'm going to say his, his next press conference is when Logan Mayer comes back to the OHL <laughs> in January, because, in January. I think yeah. that's the next time we're going to hear from him because if there's going to be another shit storm when it comes to that, it's but either going to be, there, be? there should there, you know what there shouldn't be. Um, what does he have to address? He, this is the thing he shouldn't have to, but people are going to call for it or Bergevin's going to have to say something. Well, what can he like? Honestly, if that is the case, if he does step in front of a mic, like what can he say? 
the suspension is an OHL suspension. That's right. The the plan that's put into place is one that the Hunter brothers in London are doing all the legwork on. You know, maybe he gets an update from them on what they've done, but I mean, the Canadians have no sway or power. They have not signed him to a contract. So there's honestly, I don't think he's going to step out onto a podium to say a single word to anybody until they know for sure what's going to happen with their GM. Now we can, we can discuss when the best time to do that is like, personally, I think right now or now or last month, if you don't have a, a lame duck GM is a bad thing, especially in Montreal. And I said this before the season and now we see why. Like I wasn't just talking out of my ass on that. There's a reason why. Yeah. If things were going well, it would still be a story. Yes, I agree. Like, do you trust this guy to make the trade at the deadline to put the team over the top? Whereas now it's, do you trust this guy to make a trade at the deadline to give the team the assets it needs moving forward if he's not going to be here? Yeah. So I think Montreal, I think Bergeron is still going to do the job up to the point that yeah. he's gone. He, he uh, so far, he went out and he, he signed Suzuki, right? He signed Suzuki. And which, he, by the way, is the only positive thing in the off season or to the in the season so far. He he signed Suzuki <laughs> and he didn't overpay for Cockney Abbey. Yes, right. Who, by so, the way, is doing wonderful in he, Carolina. He is. Wish look you the him, best of luck, brother. Look him up. Look him up. He is lighting it up. First line center in Carolina. Move over, former Hub Sebastian Ajo. It is Cockney Abbey's time now. Beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, that's really the, uh, the Suzuki contract is really the only positive note that the Canadians have had, like really this season. Yeah. And the fact that some of their young players are lighting it up in the leagues that they're playing in. Sure. Right. So, but that's not at the NHL level and that has right. nothing to do with the GM or the owner. Yeah. And Molson is again, you can call him whatever you want, but he is a smart businessman and he is not going to open himself or the team up to even more criticism by not answering questions because he will not, he, he's not going to step in front of a, a microphone and say, well, we're looking for a GM right now, or we made this offer and he hasn't signed it. You know, it's all that's going to do. That's going to be more microphones and more cameras. And yeah, we don't need that. You're giving you're giving the uh, the bottom feeders of the media world more ammunition to cause yeah. problems. That's right. That's all it is, and he's yeah. not going to do that. No. So, if an, a, a press conference is announced for Molson, it's probably because two minutes before that was announced, uh, he has fired his entire general manager staff. That's my prediction. All right. Um, so any final thoughts before we go? Nothing for me. Nothing for me today. Okay. Uh, I just want to remind everyone that we are selling t-shirts. Uh, Habs unfiltered shirts 
through 514 shirts, go to their website, 514shirts.com and pick up one of our t-shirts. All profits, every penny of the profits will be donated to Vets Canada to help fight against veteran homelessness. You'll note that our our logo has a poppy on it. We do that because we ourselves are all three of us are still serving in the Canadian Armed Forces. We are veterans. Um, and we want to give back to our community. Veterans provide so much to Canada. And when they're in service, everybody, you know, all the support, the troops and everything. But as soon as they retire or they're, they're released from the forces, reintegration into civilian society is difficult. And for some, it becomes impossible and they become homeless for whatever reason, uh, mental health issues, uh, addiction issues, or just being able to fit in in regular society. It is not an easy task. And Vets Canada does wonderful work finding them, bringing them into a safe area, setting them up, and then getting them back on their feet. And they even they even provide still serving members um, support as well. Uh, Guitars for Vets, which is with a, is affiliated with Dollar a Day with Alan Doyle. You may recognize the name Alan Doyle. He's uh, the lead singer of Great Big C. They raise money and provide guitars for veterans so they can learn some, learn to play music, learn to play the guitar and build back with a little bit of a community. So yeah, just buy a shirt and help us out because we're not profiting from it. Our compatriot veterans are. So support our troops, buy a shirt. If you're not a Habs fan or you don't like our shirts, buy one and give it to someone else. Burn it. I don't care. (laughs) You bought it, you do what you want. So uh, I'd just like to thank you for listening. I hope that uh, for those of you who sent your questions into the mailbag, I hope our answers um, satisfied you. And if they didn't, well, I'm sure we're going to hear about it. And again, Vinny, feel free to send those pictures, but Gibby, stop for God's sakes, please stop. We know we, we, we get it. <laughs> uh, all right. So thank you very much for listening. And remember if you were talking about it, so are we. Abs Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event Seat Giant sells. Use the code UNFILTERED20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle. And use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, HABS Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. Uh, 
So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.